We've had we've had quite a few storms lately, and this time of year is normal for for where we live in central Louisiana to have storms and tornadoes and and uh, these kind of things happen. And and uh, as we go think about going through the storm, I was remembering, man, just a couple of years ago we were uh, there was a, a tornado warning that went off, and it was right. I mean, we looked at the radar, we were right in the track, and. You know what? We just said what we got to do is get in the hallway and uh, get the family all in the hallway and huddle together and and uh, pray. <laughs> and kind of that was the safest spot in our house is this this little hallway because there's no windows and everything. And so we're in the hall and the tornado's going off and and you know everybody's kind of you know well at this point the kids other than Nile were unaware of. of tornadoes. So it was like, okay, we'll get in the hall and we'll just hang here till it's over with and play a game on my computer or on my, on my, my, my handheld or whatever. And, and, but Niall's freaking out cause he does. <laughs> and as this is going off, I'm praying silently, Lord, protect my family. Lord, make the storm pass. Lord, protect this family. And I'm, and I'm looking at the radar on my phone. And I mean, like, like the power is out by now and, and there's no, like, you know, can't look at the TV and see the you know, live coverage. I'm just watching it on my phone and I'm watching the radar and I'm watching this tornado and you can see it. I mean, you can see the, the actual formation of it. And as it gets to our house, I mean, there's a dot on my radar of where my house is. Right. And as it gets there, it just dissipates. I mean, it just kind of like, it gets right to our house and disappears. Now I'm not saying this is some, some like you know, God's special favor. And, you know, this was a prayer and, and God did this miraculous thing, but I'm trusting that that was, you know, I, I am also believing that that is possible, a possibility. The thing, the fact is I'm praying, Lord, protect my family and deliver us from this storm, make the storm pass us by. And I'm watching on the radar as I'm praying this, the storm gets to right the dot of where our house is and disappears like it just dissipates. See, life, life has its share of storms, doesn't it? Have you ever prayed through the storm? Like when you're when you're like when you're really going through a crisis, when you're praying through a storm, through a crisis, how long do you pray? And here's what I would suggest. You pray as long as it lasts. As long as the storm lasts, as long as the crisis is going on, you pray. During the storms of life, you go through as you go through crisis, what what happens is your relationship with God can begin to fade. And the good news is we don't have to live faded. See, Jesus renews us and renew is our word for the year. This is a good reminder for us. And what we've said, how we've kind of said we're going to define renew for awakened church and for ourselves this year is this. What has faded becoming new again where Jesus is the subject. When we go through storms, our, our relationships, our storms of life can cause relationships, finances, our, our mental and emotional health, our spiritual health to fade. And renewal is what has faded becoming new again where Jesus is the subject. Now, we're in a series in Psalm 40 in the Old Testament of the Scriptures, and we are studying kind of a couple of verses each week, leading us to Easter Sunday next week. This is Palm Sunday, and uh, it's the Sunday of the triumphal entry celebration of Jesus uh, into Jerusalem. Uh, and and uh, heading into what's called Holy Week or Passion Week. And as we continue studying uh, this Psalm, Psalm 40, our focus has been on prayer and meditation and developing a more intimate relationship with God through prayer and meditation and in fasting. And, and some of us may be in a storm right now as we've gone through this. Some of us may, may have just come through a crisis. And if life teaches us anything, it's that at some point we will again be faced with a crisis. Eventually, more storms will come. 
So here's where we are. We're in verse 11, Psalm 40, verse 11. And this is the Psalm of David, who is, uh, you know, the, 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 the king, and he has been praising God for answered prayer. Now he has prayed through the storm, and now he is singing a new song of praise to God. And he's like, I'm praising God through the storm, even though I know more, uh, you know, for answering my prayers through the storm, and I know more storms are going to come. So Psalm 40, verse 11 says, Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles surround me, too many to count. My sins pile up so high I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs of my head. I've lost all courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. May may those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame. May those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by their shame. And and, and for those who said, aha, we've got him now. So we're going to dig deeper in this. This is an interesting passage, and we're going to look at it kind of in the context of the entirety of Psalm 40 uh, today. Um, And here's our big idea. Time spent in prayer and fasting gets you through life storms and is actually preparing you to face the next storm. Let me say that again. Our big idea is time spent in prayer and fasting gets you through life storms and is actually preparing you to face the next storm. So today I want to give you kind of five keys to praying through the storm, okay? So so five keys to praying through the storm. Here's the first key. Don't panic. <laughs> Don't panic. Uh, this is like not just somebody who's never been there. Uh, trying to tell you don't panic because I get it. It's easier to say than to do, right? But I've been there. Uh, in 2004 specifically, I went through a season of depression. I'd been in uh, full-time ministry for five years and, and uh, well, close to six years at that point and was just burnt out. I was stressed. I was overworked. I was, I, 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 and I was, I was making, you know, everything in my life had come to, to be about being a youth pastor. And, uh, my relationship with God had, had, had faded. My relationship with my wife had faded and, and I was in this depression and I didn't really understand. I've never been through that before. I'd never been to, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a sad person. And I didn't understand the feelings I was feeling, how I could be in a room full of people who loved me and wanted to be with me. And I felt alone and like I was left out in the middle of it. It was just this, this great, I can't express. If you've been through it, you know what I mean? If you haven't, you can't understand it. But, but, but out of this, out of this time uh, of going through this depression, I, uh, I'd gotten, you know, I, I ended up losing my job. Uh, kind of, and it was kind of because of this, and um, and uh, and I lost that position as the as a youth pastor, which my you know, admittedly, my life had become all about that, and so it was like it was like kind of losing everything. The, the thing was, I had I had uh, entered into a time of counseling with my counselor, and the counselor had really helped me process things, so that you know, when it came time to, when I lost that 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 job, I didn't panic. It was just, there was like a peace about it at the same time. Now, what's the first thing you do when someone says to you, "Don't panic"? <laughs> Usually, if they come say, "Okay, don't panic," immediately you're filled with panic, right? Most of I think most of us kind of feel that. If we go back to verse two. Of Psalm 40 that we looked at a, 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 a few weeks ago, David says, I was in the pit, like the pit of despair. It was, it was like I was locked in the dungeon. I waited patiently for God to help me. And now here in verse 12, he says, troubles surround me, too many to count. 
This is this is also translated as many evils, like tr- many troubles surround me, many evils surround me, and my sins pile up so high I can't see a way out. Two words that 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 many of us don't like here: evil and sin. And, and you hear it in our culture. Um, you have you have had this conversation, like you know, I don't believe evil actually exists. I hear that. I don't believe I, I don't believe evil actually exists. Or or how can you say this is a sin or that is a sin? And what's right for you might not be right for me. And you know what? Uh, don't judge me for sinning differently than you do. Those, those are the kind of things I hear when we talk about sin and evil in our culture. And yet David says this is the crisis he's facing. He says the evils of this world and his own sin. This is the crisis. This is the storm. The evils of this world and my own sin. So let's look at this in kind of the original language it was written in, which is Hebrew. And the word evil is the word ra. And ra means uh, it's adversity, affliction, and sorrow. So when we think of evil, we don't often think of that, do we? Evil, adversity, affliction, sorrow. If you say, well, evil doesn't really exist. Does adversity, affliction, and sorrow exist? It does. Do you ever experience this? Evil, evil is when life experience is the opposite from what God planned from the beginning. Okay. That's what, what the evil is when life experience is the opposite of what God planned from the beginning. We were not created to experience adversity, affliction, and sorrow, but we do. So, so this is why we can say we feel the crisis when we go through the storm. We can feel it. Now, the other word sin is a Hebrew, Hebrew word, avon. And avon, it refers to any distortion that's uh, to, to the way things are supposed to be, literally to make crooked. So we see the word sin in Hebrew here. It means it means to to get off the path, the straight path, to, to be on the crooked path, to make crooked. So so David acknowledges that sometimes the pit of despair is of his own making. He's like I've I've made my own path crooked, basically here. If you go back to verse one of, of Psalm forty, it says I waited patiently for the Lord. So he's saying, I, I won't panic now. I waited patiently for the Lord, so I won't panic now. I feel like I, I've lost all courage, but I'm not going to panic because my God hears my cry and my God responds. In Matthew six thirty one, Jesus said, don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your heavenly father already knows all your needs and he will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And that's an amen. If there's ever an amen moment, that's it for me. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen. It sure is. A short time later, Jesus found himself being taken into custody. He's taken into custody by those who wanted to kill him. This was that, like they had an agenda. And for Jesus and his followers, this was a time of great crisis. And, and, and Jesus had been preparing his followers for this time of great crisis. So when the storm comes, don't panic and start praying. Instead of, instead of shifting into panic mode, shift into prayer mode. Now, I had gone through that that time of depression and it was actually before I began my my healing process with my counselor through therapy um I actually found a moment of healing at international youth convention uh, in 2004 in in Nashville Tennessee and uh, I can re- I remember it vividly I was there I was still the youth pastor I hadn't been I hadn't been uh you know asked to resign yet from that position and uh it was 2004 and I was in the midst I had been in the midst of this depression for a while and we were in this this service 
And there was a, a time of, of prayer and healing at the end of a message by a speaker named, named Rob. And Rob came out and he had this talit, which is a, a Jewish prayer shawl. And it, it affected me so much. I still use this many times today, and not just in sermons, but in, but in life. In real life, I have a, I have a prayer shawl. It's called a talit. And he, and he laid it out there. He presented this message so beautifully. And actually, I'd heard this message before from him because I'd heard him speak at a, at a youth pastor's conference. And he laid out this, this message of healing and, and, and laid out this, this prayer shawl. And so it wasn't brand new information for me. It was actually, I'd heard almost exact the same word for word sermon before. But in this moment, there was something that happened. And he laid out that prayer shawl, and I went. And he's like, "There's a there's a room set aside for those who need to pray. Go ahead." But I'm going to put this the, my, the prayer shawl out here on the side of the stage, and if you would like to come and just reach for the hem of the garment. Now, this is not Jesus's prayer shawl, but this is symbolic of reaching out to the, for the hem of Jesus' garment. And I immediately grabbed my wife and I grabbed one of the students in our youth ministry and I said, "I need you to come pray with me." And we went down, and I knelt down, and I just grabbed hold of that that prayer shawl, and I just began to pour out my heart. And as my wife and the student prayed over me, and I prayed, healing happened. Healing happened in that moment. It's you know that 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 was a huge moment, and, and it's it's time for you. Is it time for you? to start really praying about something. It was time for me to really pray about this. And you know, it was past time. But I but it was that the moment hit me. Is it time for you to really start praying about something? Verse 11, he says, "Lord, here I am again. Don't hold back your don't hold back your mercy." What's he saying? He's saying, "God, help me. Open up the skies and pour out your help on me. I need help." Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. See, there, there is nothing too big for God's power and there is nothing too small for God's care. As Jesus and his followers prepared for the crisis that, that, that they're about to face, that Jesus was about to be crucified, he was about to be arrested, he took them through this, God, this, this place, it's a grove of olive trees called Gethsemane. And and there, you know, he would spend the night praying that the storm of betrayal was coming. The storm of crucifixion was coming and moving closer. And he brought him, himself and he brought his followers there not to, not to panic, but to pray. In the storm, start praying. And then keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. After I had had kind of lost my job as a youth pastor and kind of lost kind of lost my identity for a minute, and I began to re- find my identity in Christ, I began to work in a, in a local school as a as a substitute teacher. And then I was like, uh, you know, and, and it was a ninth grade center. I was working with ninth grade students, and I was called on the you know the teachers liked me and the subs liked me and the administration liked me enough that I was pretty much was called every day to substitute teach at this at this school. And a couple of months into it. They, they called and said, uh, they had a question for me. But here's the thing. That morning I had been praying. I had been praying. I had been pouring out my heart to God. And uh, I, I wasn't working that day. I wasn't called to sub that day. And I was just praying. And I was writing in my journal. And I wrote this scripture like, your will be done. Your will be. Your will. Your will. And I just prayed that over and over again. Your will be done. Your will be. Your will. You are. 
you, God, it's you. And, 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 and I was like, oh, so open in that moment of God, I'm, yes, yes to what you have for me. I don't even know what it is exactly here. And I know what you've called me to do. And I know who you've created me to be. And I know God, that I know these things, but, but this moment, I just want to say, Lord, your will be done. And whatever the next step is you have for me to take, I will say yes in advance to it. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. And I promise you, I'm not making this up. I said, amen. And my phone rang. I answered the phone. I was like, I, amen. Phone rings. I pick it up. Hey, Mr. Nelson, this is so-and-so from, from the ninth grade center, Sand Springs ninth grade center. And we were wondering, would you be interested in thinking about, thinking about becoming like a permanent sub, like, like, like coming on for the rest of the year as a permanent sub, because we have a, a situation that came up. Actually, actually, a, a, a teacher fell very ill and ended up passing away. And there was some shifting going on, and they needed somebody to be a permanent uh, assist, a permanent teacher's aide that would also serve as a substitute when, when needed in other classrooms for the special needs uh, classes. And they said, we know you need to think about this and everything. And I said, I don't actually. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. I had just finished pray. I just finished praying for God's will for 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 the next step for, for to, to become become a, 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 a you know aware to me to become aware of it you know. And I was like, this is it. I have a total peace about this. Yes, I'll I'll do it. When do I need to? What do I need to do? When do I need to be there? And they're like, well, can you? Be here tomorrow morning, and it's and that's what happened. Keep praying, your will be done, God. In the middle of the storm, Lord, I don't understand it, Lord, I can't like it, Lord. This is killing me, Lord. I'm dying here, Lord. I'm depressed, Lord. This hurts, but your will be done. What is the next step? Maybe for you right now, it's not time to give up. Maybe it's time to keep praying. This is the essence of Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and now here I am again. <laughs> Verse 13, here I am again. Please, Lord, rescue me. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly. Come quickly and help me. Waiting patiently means you keep praying. It means that that you've tried everything and everything fails. And when everything fails, you keep trying and you keep praying. Hebrews 10.36 says you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. Don't shrink back. Don't give up. Keep praying. Robert Schuller says that this is how God answers prayer. When the request is not right, God says no. When the timing is right, not right, God says slow. When you are not right, God says grow. And when everything is right, God says go. Let me give you that again because it's so good. When the request is not right, God says no. When the timing is not right, God says slow. When you are not right, God says grow. And and everything is right, God says let's go. Let's go. So start praying and keep praying. And then while you pray, don't just beg for help because we do need to beg. We do need to cry out for help. But also, but give praise. Give praise. So that all happened in 2004, moving into 2005. And I had, uh, in, in uh, 2005, we had made a move from Sand Springs, Oklahoma to Coral Springs, Florida. <laughs> and there was an associate pastor of a church and I was working again with another, a new youth group. In a new community, a new state, a brand new, everything was new. 
and uh, I took that youth group to the International Youth Convention that year, and it was in it was uh, 2006 actually. And there I was with this new I, I, I still remember that this new group of teenagers, new group of students, this new ministry, this new position, this new step in my career, new step into my calling with a renewed and, and, and healing that had been taking place and was still taking place. And I remember standing there praising God. Like I'm at International International Youth Convention two years later, or last the last time I was so broken and I hit a moment of healing. And that moment of healing has progressed and it's still happening. It wasn't like it's healed and done. It was like healed and keep on stepping into it. Step, step into that healing, walk in that healing. And here I was praising God again with thousands of people at, a, at the same event in a different city two years later. Why? Why give God praise while you're in the middle of a crisis? Because He's still God and worthy of praise. Why do you want to, like, in the middle of it, why would I praise God when I'm in the middle of a storm? Because even in the middle of your storm, He's still God and is still worthy of praise. Now, in verse 14, we see David, our psalmist, praising God for coming to him, to his aid, and delivering him from the evils of this world and of his own sin. He said, may they be turned back in disgrace. May the evils of this world, may my own sin be turned back in disgrace. He uses this word, uh, shamaim. It's actually a phrase, shamaim ekeb bosheth. Shalmaim Ikeb Bosheth. It literally means, when you put those words together, praising God for being the one who stuns the heel of the idol which causes my shame. Praising God for being the one who stuns the heel of the idol which causes my shame. This is what happens to the evils and sins that, that put me in the pit. They will be stunned with horror to their own shame. So I'm praising God here, and I'm praising Him for three things specifically. I'm praising God for His love. I'm praising God in the midst of the storm for His love. Isaiah 41.10 says, Don't panic, I'm with you. This is the Lord speaking. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady and keep, keep a firm grip on you. In the midst of that storm, man, praise God for His love. And then praise God for wisdom. Even when you're like, I can't figure out what next step to take. I can't, I don't, I don't have the wisdom to deal with this. Praise God for wisdom. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him and he will gladly tell you. He will not resent you for asking. And praise God for power. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of feeling powerless, praise God for his power. Psalm 21.13 says, We praise you, Lord, for all your glorious power. With music and singing, we celebrate your mighty acts. See, I can't explain how it works systematically. I just know it works. When you truly praise God through the storm, you receive peace. You receive peace. And I want to kind of land on this peace uh, part today. Because fast forward to 2014... From 2004 to 2006, and now 10 years later to 2014. And I was pastor, lead pastor now of a congregation in Hot Springs, Arkansas. You get this Sand Springs to Coral Springs to Hot Springs. Kind of strange that now we're in Natchitoches, which has nothing to do with springs. <laughs> but I was pastor in this church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I, along with some, some, some leaders, took our youth group to the International Youth Convention once again. 
10 years after my wrestling with depression and finding a moment of healing, you know, and then two years later, kind of walking through like, man, God is still in the process of healing me and what a way to praise him. And now here I am 10 years later, 10 years later in the same venue in the same city, Nashville, Tennessee, with a group of students and, and, and leaders, overwhelming peace came over me. And I remember sharing with them like where I had been 10 years ago and where I was now in a, in a time of devotions. And I had such a sense of peace that just washed over me. I just cried. I cried in thankfulness. I cried in, I cried in, in, in hope. I cried in, in, in relief that God had brought so much peace to me in a decade. And here I was in the same place, literally, <laughs> where I'd found, began to, began to really start this journey. How is peace through the storm even possible? When you're going through the storm, it's difficult to even kind of understand. If you're in the storm right now and you're you're hearing this message, you're probably like, but how is that even possible? In Psalm 40, David, he receives peace from God. Even as those against him say, aha, we've got him now. That's 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 kind of like the 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 the, the verse we ended on today. Aha, you know, all of them they said about me, aha, we've got him now. And uh, this word aha Aha, it's, it's a, uh, a closer translation is not just aha, we got him now, but aha, aha. It's like those against him are, uh, the things against him aren't just like my people, but they're ad- the adversity, affliction, and sorrow of the world, the adversity, affliction, and sorrow of his own sin. A closer translation to this aha, aha, is the Hebrew word ach. And ach literally, literally means oh, like expression of like surprising grief or pain. Oh, 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 oh. He's like, he's like, this is, this is it. The people who said, oh, oh, <laughs> about me, surprising grief or pain. He's like, God's giving me, you're going to give me, you're giving me peace through this. Our hearts, our emotions, our feelings about life, our minds, our minds are what we think. So our, our hearts are, are what we think. Our, our hearts are what we feel. Our minds are what we think. Our attitudes towards life. And life is all, life is all circumstances, people, events, threats, successes, failures, temptations, desires, plans, and motives. All of these things are part of life. And God offers peace to make the right decision and the right choices about all these things. Philippians 4, 7 says, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Do you need this today? Do you need Christ to displace worry at the center of your life and replace it with his own presence, the presence of peace? Time spent in prayer and fasting gets you through life's storms and is actually preparing you to face the next storm. Who do you know? Who do you know you're going this going through a storm? Maybe it's you. Maybe you're going through the storm today and this is for you. Or who do you know that is? And I want you to do this. Pray for them. Invite them into something that has a potential to change their life. I'm inviting you into something that has a potential to change your life. And here's the next step. Pray about who you should invite. Who you should give an invite card to to Easter. Who you should extend an invitation to to join you for the worship gathering at church on Easter. To be able to find, hey, we're 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 going to go deeper into the idea of of God walking us through the storms next week as we go through the crucifixion and come out on the other side with resurrection. 
Lord, we're going through storms. We've been through storms. We're going to go through storms again. We know people in our lives who are going through storms. And Lord, we thank you that in, through these storms, Lord, we can grow closer to you. We can call out to you. We can praise you through the storms. And today, Lord, maybe that's for some of us. Lord, we have stopped praying. And what we need to do, Lord, we've realized today, Lord, we need to, we need to not stop praying. The time is to keep praying. It's time to keep praising you through the storm. And Lord, on, on this side of it, we receive peace. And Lord, the peace may be, may be tomorrow, but Lord, we want to get there. We need that. We need the peace. And Lord, our world needs that. Lord, there are those in our culture who, who have absolutely lost a sense of purpose and belonging and identity. And Lord, it can be found in you. And in that, in that, Lord, you displace worry. You displace fear. You replace it with your own presence and the peace that comes with it. So we want to praise you for that today. And Lord, we ask for you for opportunities this week to, to extend an invitation for those to step into this peace. In Jesus' name, amen.